1: hi everyone and welcome to episode 430 of the professional book nerds podcast presented by overdrive this is jill hi adam
2: how's it going good how are you i'm good this is i mean we've been using our like office instant messenger tool to talk but this is the actual first time we've like spoken to each other in like a over a week and a half now
1: uh yeah i think that's right yeah
2: um so people will probably figure this out because i assume no one's living under a rock but obviously everything with the coronavirus stuff is still going on so we're recording this from our respective homes Mm mm-hmm and we're using our company uses Zoom, and we brought in our training manager to make sure I did this right. So I think it should sound okay, but <laughs> we'll find out. We'll find out. Um, so we are going to preview books that we're excited about for April. Um, same way we always do it. We're going to go back and forth and highlight a bunch of books. How many did you end up picking, by the way?
1: I think I have nine. I suspect there's possibly two that we both have
2: yeah I would suspect the same um but I was just like I I kind of did the same thing I just grabbed a whole bunch I was like you know what I'm just going to pick all these books and if we have some of the same ones we have some of the same ones but um just because every other podcast I've listened to is doing this so I might as well ask like how how have you been passing all of this extra time
1: Reading the Hunger Games
2: Re- <laughs> You are a monster. I-,
1: <laughs> I finished the Hunger Games last night, so what happened was so so I put all three books on hold, um, even though I forgot we actually have them in the house, but I put all three books on hold in Libby. I finished the Hunger Games. Well, so I forget how fast they how quick it is to read them, or at least how quickly I read them. Um, and so, what happened was, two and three came in uh, before one, or before I'd started one. And so, I did like the fancy new deliver later thing. Uh huh. And then I started reading The Hunger Games, and I finished it in like three days. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, wait, I don't have book two yet." So, <laughs> so I went back into Libby and changed the settings to get the next available copy of Catching Fire. And I seriously was like, as soon as I finished The Hunger Games, I'm going through every single one of my libraries and cards on Libby, and everybody has a hold. Um, and so I turned to my husband, I was like, do we happen to have a copy in the house somewhere? <laughs> and we did. So <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm reading Catching Fire now.
2: Oh, that's amazing. I'm uh, I'm reading The Age of Witches by Louisa Morgan, which I'll, it's actually one of the books that I'm going to... Mm-hmm,
1: I figured, yeah.
2: Yeah, because she'll be on the podcast, I think. In two weeks or next week, I don't know what time is anymore. But um, it's a book about witches, which I'm really, really enjoying. And um, as I told you via either Slack or text message, the saddest thing happened to me is my wife and I. We, I've always been like wanting to be a gamer, but we don't have a a console of any kind. And we made the decision like, all right, we're we're in our homes for God knows how long. Let's buy a Switch and let's get some Mario games, mm-hmm. Mario Party, and, and honestly, this I want to play Animal Crossing. I, I, I can't, I want to play Animal Crossing so bad, and there is not an available Nintendo Switch <laughs> within 250 miles of our house anywhere, so I was like, such a bummer. I was so sad, so instead, we've been playing Words with Friends I got to each other and getting way too competitive. It's not All good. All
1: right, well, that works.
2: Yeah, um, I will say, we might have some new listeners today just because... Uh, this probably won't come as a surprise to people, but the company we work for, Overdrive, and the app that's called Libby for ebooks and audiobooks, is seeing like unprecedented amount of people using it right now because everyone's home and looking for entertainment. And so it's been amazing to see libraries that even though their physical branches are closed, uh, they're telling people to go use Libby and get the ebooks and audiobooks. It's like the amount of people using it, around the world is incredible so you might have discovered us if you're new to the service um so yeah it's been a weird week of like seeing all these people connect through the library and Big Library Read just uh, started off this week um we did a podcast with the author which went up this weekend so you can go check that out um but yeah I guess we can just kind of get into the books huh yeah probably Okay, uh, and if, for people who are listening to this, you don't have to, like, write any of these down. Uh, we'll have them all in the show notes and then on our website, professionalbooknerds.com. Um, yeah, I will let you go first, and then I will delete ones that I am sure we will both have.
1: Okay, so my first one um, is one I've mentioned before. We've talked about the author before. That would be the Southern Book Club's Guide to Slain Vampires by Grady Hendrix. So, uh this is set in the nineties and it is a horror novel about a woman's book club um in a small town and vampires show up. So
2: <laughs> I was so What more t- do you
1: need to know? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I've never been more sure that you were going to put a book on, it. and I was like, "Yeah, we're both going to read this." But I want—I I, you have read more Grady Hendrix than I have. Yeah. Yeah, we.
1: Yeah, Grady Hendrix. For those who don't know, because um, again, we've talked about him, and I remember that there was a period of time, maybe, oh, you'd have to go back in the podcast episodes, but like two or three years ago, when um, a lot of the company had read Horror Store, mm-hmm. which is set in a um, IKEA knockoff, where things go weird um but for the office in particular for those of us in the office it's weird because the description of where the store is set is like where our office is so
2: like with, literally literally the-
1: where the office is yeah. yeah so uh yeah we're big fans of grady hendrix at, at uh the overdrive office
2: yeah absolutely um I'm very excited about that one did you see I don't know if you put this on your list but my first one is called Sin Eater by Megan Campisi did you see this book I don't think so okay so the description is I've I've found the perfect Venn diagram book I think for you and I because (laughs) the intro description describes it as the handmaid's tale meets Alice in Wonderland that sounds about right, yeah. It's like This is like a professional book nerds like crossover in every sense. So it's basically <clears throat> a historical fiction about this orphan girl in the 16th century in England. And what happens is she gets put in, uh, she gets a life sentence in prison for stealing bread, very Les Mis, and uh, she has to become what's called a sin eater. And it's basically... A uh, shunned person from society who their fate is to like hear the final confessions of someone who is dying and then they have to eat a food that symbolizes that person's transgressions at their funeral it's like this <laughs> symbolic thing wild um and so she becomes apprentice to the older to the oldest sin eater and it's like um does that part kind of remind me of the giver and uh she this dear heart appears on the coffin of a royal governess who didn't confess to the sin that the the heart represents and then so the sin eater refuses to eat it and she's taken to prison and murdered and then the, the younger sin eater uh whose story we're following along has to like try to avenge her death i don't know there's so much going on in this it sounds wild and i am so excited for it
1: my next one is ruthless gods by emily duncan Emily was on the podcast. I actually just looked it up. She was on episode 326, so almost about 100 episodes ago. Um, and I remember when I interviewed her at ALA, it must have been midwinter in 2019, this was pitched to me as like a gothic sort of Joan of Arc story. Mm-hmm. Um, her first book, Wicked Saints. So Ruthless Gods is the follow-up to that. Um, her books are just, they're, they're dark Like I remember when, no, like in a good way, if you're like me, this is a good, this is a positive. This is a feature, not a bug. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So uh, yeah, it's this this group of, um, there's a lot of like uh, Eastern European influences. Um, in her books, I remember in our interview, she talked a lot about um, the research she did in, in Russia and in that area of the world. Um, and so, yeah, Ruthless Gods is the next book. It's sure to be as big as Wicked Saints was. Um, I'm super excited for it.
2: Yeah, Wicked Saints was awesome. That's It's such a good book. That's a, that's a good one. Um, my next one is Conjure Women by Afia Adekora. Uh, ever since you told me to read Homegoing, I am just, like, obsessed with finding these books about, uh, like, stories that bring together various lines of a family, and and this is kind of in the same way. So it's this sweeping story that brings the world of the South before the Civil War and during, before and after the Civil War, kind of, to life. So there's multiple generations of this family, and it's these three unforgettable women uh, who all have these special abilities to... Uh, heal and they it's almost kind of like the age of witches where they're they're pretty uh like in tone in tune with their powers to make people feel better in mysterious ways um but there's tons of secrets and bonds among these women and their community uh that ends up basically leading to just a long line of curious things that go on and it's just kind of tells the story of their families and winning uh, their freedom when they're in the South and all sorts of stuff. So again, it seems a little bit along the lines of homegoing, which you told me to read, and I am now obsessed with finding books like this. So that's *Conjure Women* by Afia Edagora.
1: My next book is *Rules for Being a Girl* by Candice Bushnell and Katie Katugno. So Candice Bushnell, um, of course, wrote *Sex in the Cities*, *Sex and the City* um, back in the '90s, which was I was obsessed with the TV show and um, Katie Katugno is the New York Times bestselling author of 99 days. So they have teamed up to write a young adult uh, book about um, sort of those unspoken guidelines that all girls kind of grow up with that affect sort of how they behave um, and sort of guide, you know, that young adulthood, but not really in the best way. So um, Marin has always been good at navigating these unspoken rules. A star student and editor of the school paper, she dreams of getting into Brown University. Her future seems bright, and her young, charismatic English teacher, Mr. Beckett, is always quick to admire her writing and talk books with her. So, there you go. That's sort of your setting for how this is going to go. Um, as again, like this timely thing, like we talked about with was it last month's episode uh, with My Dark Vanessa, kind of that sort of. Um, same vein of things. So that is rules for being a girl.
2: Nice. Um, my next one I'm, I'm going to talk about is Age of Witches by Louisa Morgan, who will be on the podcast in a couple weeks. So I won't spend too long on this, but um, Louisa Morgan has written several books pertaining to to witches. Uh, she was she wrote A Secret History of Witches and The Witches' Kind, which also came out last year. A Secret History of Witches is amazing. Um, and I'm really, really liking this book. I'm about halfway through it. And it's, uh, <clears throat> it's set in Gilded Age, New York, which is something we both enjoy. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, it's these two magical families that are connected uh, from a long line, like they're, they're related uh, from a long, long time ago. And these two magical families have this clash uh, because there's this young witch who must choose between love and loyalty and power and ambition. It's really, really good. Uh, I'm loving it. And it's very much, um, it kind of reminds me of like Practical Magic and Rules of Magic by Alice Hoffman where it's, it's witches, but they're not like witches that can just sort of conjure something out of thin air. Like they use stuff from the earth, like they use herbs and, and things that they find out in nature to, you know, work their magic and stuff. And I've, that's, that's very much in my wheelhouse of like using nature to conjure up. The magic that they're using so it's really really fun if you've read other louisa morgan books you're going to love age of witches and if you haven't this is a good time to start
1: my next one is death in her hands by otessa Mashvega. so this uh, i'm just going to read the description i have not read this yet but i was totally won over by the description
2: mm-hmm.
1: while on her daily walk with her dog in a secluded woods a woman comes across a note handwritten, and carefully pinned to the ground by stones. Her name is Magda. Nobody will ever know who killed her. It wasn't me. Here's her dead body. But there is no dead body. Our narrator is deeply shaken. She has no idea what to make of this. She's new to this area, alone after the death of her husband, and she knows no one. Becoming obsessed with solving this mystery, our narrator imagines who Magda was and how she met her fate. With very little to go on, she invents a list of murder suspects and possible motives for the crime. Oddly, her suppositions begin to find correspondences in the real world, and with mounting excitement and dread, the fog of mystery starts to fade into a menacing certainty. As her investigation widens, strange dissonances accrue, perhaps associated with a darkness in her own past we must face a prospect that there is either an innocent explanation for all this or a much more sinister one. I mean,
2: yeah, I, I had this. I also had this on my list. Because it's, it sounds amazing. So yeah, I'm so in this with you. Um, all right. My next one is called the ancestor by Danielle Trussoni. Um, this is a Gothic kind of, fairy tale novel about suspense and, and suspense so there's uh this just sounds amazing it's there's this person named alberta who goes by bert and she receives a letter addressed to the Countess alberta Montebiaco, and it said she gets this letter in her house in new york and it claims that she has inherited a noble title and money and this massive castle in italy and so She travels to this place. Uh, She takes this like luxury holiday and it's complete with private jets and all these lawyers telling her all about all this artwork and jewels and all the stuff that she's earned. And uh, she ends up taking a helicopter ride to this castle, which is in the Italian Alps. And uh, as she gets there, she learns that uh, her family history is extremely complicated. There's a bunch of dark secrets to it. And just like, this just feels very much like clue or something else where it's like, Hey, Here's a giant house that you're going to be given, but you can't leave. And there's things that you wouldn't expect in it. So all on board for this. And that's uh, The Ancestor by Danielle Trussoni.
1: My next one is Hidden Valley Road by Robert Kolker. This, okay, this is nonfiction. um, And if we've learned anything about me over the past 430 episodes, is that when it comes to book... (laughs) When it comes to books um, about real-life mental health stories, I tend to very much gravitate towards them. Yeah, you do. So this is the story of a mid-century American family with 12 children, six of them diagnosed with schizophrenia. And this family kind of became, um, at that time, like the the way to be studied to better understand how schizophrenia works um and this book is is all about that story so yeah
2: well yeah that's that's very much you that's very (laughs) um my next one is called they went left by monica hess uh this is gonna be trigger warning for world war ii holocaust things but it sounds really really good And um, I know I've talked about this a bunch of times before, but uh, my father's side of our family is Jewish, so I very much gravitate towards World War II stuff. Um, This is a young adult historical fiction, and it's basically about these two children, uh, their brother and sister, and their names are Abek and Zofia. And uh, the reason for the title is that when they're in a concentration camp, everyone who gets sent to the right is taken sent to the gas chambers at Auschwitz and everyone in their family that they know is sent right and the two of them are sent to the left. So they end up surviving. And before they get separated, Zophia's last words to her brother are that, I'm gonna find you again, and we're, I'm gonna fill our alphabet because his name's Ab yeah. Abic, her name is Zophia. And so the whole story takes place kind of after all of that when they're trying to find each other and um, they end up, or she ends up rather, in a not so much a camp but like a a place where people who have been separated from their entire families like a displaced persons camp uh where they're trying to find each other and um there's just a lot that goes into it i'm sure it's going to be very much heartbreaking but i just it sounds really really good um and just the simple line of like i'm going to fill our alphabet was enough mm-hmm. to shatter me a little bit so um they went left by monica hess if you are trying to stay away from sad books in this stressful time maybe not that one but it sounds fantastic
1: uh yeah for sure uh (laughs) so my next one is called no filter by sarah fryer and this is the inside story of instagram uh so in 2010 um kevin systrom and mike krieger released instagram which was just this very basic photo sharing app uh which kind of you know made you as everyone knows (laughs) cultivate and like curate what your life looks like. Um, and, but it quickly got super huge. And in less than two years, Mark Zuckerberg bought the company for $1 billion, which is just sort of (laughs) mind blowing. Um, but the co-founders stayed on trying to kind of maintain Instagram's brand. And trying to consider it separate from Facebook. But of course, that's not really how Facebook or Zuckerberg works. So uh, I'm super excited for this. I always love kind of in-depth um, books about any kind of subject. I mean, in some ways, oh, this is a micro history, I feel like. Yeah. I feel like if people wanted to use this for their book challenge for the year, they could probably use No Filter. Oh, yeah. And um, Sarah Fryer is an award-winning reporter. So I'm I'm all pumped for this one.
2: Yeah, that sounds really interesting. I saw that one too. Um, my next one is called The Book of Longings by Sue Monk Kidd. Uh, this one's getting a ton of buzz. It's one of the most anticipated books by Oprah Magazine, Good Morning America, House, Good Housekeeping, a whole bunch of places. Um, this sounds really, really cool. It's a book set in the time of Jesus. And like I wouldn't classify myself classify myself as super religious, but something I've always been interested in is like that time frame. Um, I read this book a bunch of times called the case for Christ. And it's basically this guy who was an atheist going to speak to all of these religious figures, these bishops and priests and scholars and everything. And basically creating a case for the, the fact that whether or not Jesus was like the, the son of God and everything He wasn't trying to prove, but he was trying to basically prove that this man existed, who did have a following that helped founded a religion, and like it's just a super interesting book about that time period and all of the things that happened in life. And this book is very similar. Uh, So the Book of Longings is set; it's a historical fiction, and it's based on this woman named Anna, and she's raised in this wealthy family, Um, and there's ties to the ruler of Galilee and her family, and uh, she is extremely interested in scholarly pursuits and writes these like various narratives. And uh, she's expected to marry an old widower, which like horrifies her. And so she has this chance encounter with this 18 year old guy named Jesus that changes everything. And um, basically what I think happens is that Anna ends up like marrying Jesus and living with his brothers and their mother, Mary. And so it's just this story of this woman this historical fiction of the story who ends up marrying the person who is believed to be the son of God. It just sounds super, super interesting. Um, it's called The Book of Longings by Sue Monk Kitt, and I'm definitely into this one.
1: Yeah, that sounds really good. Yeah, My next one is The Glass Magician by Caroline uh, Stevermer. And this is set in New York in 1905. So already we're sold. Um, and it is about a, uh, a woman named, I think it's Talia, um, who doesn't have any connections to sort of the illustrious families um, in that time, you know, the Vanderbilts, the Astors, all that. But she does stage magic, and she's really good at it. And then one night, one of her tricks goes horribly awry, but in surviving, she discovers she can shapeshift. shift. <laughs> And she now has the potential to take her place among the rich and powerful. But first, she'll have to learn to control her shape-shifting power before the real monsters descend to feast. Um, yes, please. That sounds wonderful. Yeah,
2: that does sound fantastic. Um, my next one is Chosen Ones by Veronica Roth. I have that on my list, too. Okay. Yeah, we don't need to spend a ton of time on it. But like you were talking about The Hunger Games. Another yeah. series during that time was uh, the Divergent series. I wasn't a super big fan of how it ended, but that's okay. Um, but Chosen Ones is Veronica's first adult fantasy. Um, so it's like a mix of thriller, fantasy, and sci-fi. Um, it just sounds really, really good. Uh, and it's all about these five teenagers who were singled out by this prophecy that helps them take down this powerful entity that's wreaking havoc across North America. Um, so, they end up basically taking him down, and the world goes back to normal. And then, after all of that, um, one of them ends up dying. They had a, it's, and there's like a bunch of PTSD and all sorts of stuff. And just like what ends up happening is on the, the 10th anniversary of the Dark One's defeat, something horrible happens. Like one of them ends up dying. And then they kind of realize that the Dark One's ultimate goal was a lot bigger than, than they expected. So, I love Veronica Roth's writing. I'm really excited for this. Um, that's so chosen ones by veronica roth
1: i have one more left on my list how many okay. do you have
2: um i mean i have i literally just like pulled a whole bunch of them so I okay think it's kind of goes. i feel like this
1: one is probably on your list but it's yeah. "Masterclass" by christina delcher
0: yeah
1: um okay so christina of course she wrote um vox which Feels quite timely now. That's the thing. Like, I feel like we're living in a dystopian book and I have a lot of feelings about that. So anyway, so.
2: (laughs) Oh, we super are.
1: (laughs) Uh, So Vox was about um, how women were limited to the amount of words they could use every day. And so she's back now um, with Masterclass. And I, again, I'm just going to read the description. The future of every child is determined by one standardized measurement, their quotient or Q. Score high enough and they attend a top tier school with a golden future ahead of them. Score low and they are sent to a federally run boarding school with limited prospects for future employment. The purpose? Education costs are cut, teachers focus on the best students, and parents are happy. Elena Fairchild is a teacher at one of the state's elite schools. When her nine-year-old daughter fails her next monthly test, her Q score drops to a disastrously low level. And she is immediately forced to leave her top school for a federal school hundreds of miles away. As a teacher, Elena knows intimately the dangers of failure and their tiered education system. But as a mother who just lost her child, all Elena wants to be wants is to be near her daughter again. And she will do the unthinkable to make it happen.
2: Yeah, I. It, this sounds <laughs> so so good. Um, Christina is amazing. We both are yeah. different things. And so when we got copies of this i was so excited for it um i'll do one more just because we talked about it yesterday you and i did briefly and by talked about it i mean i sent you a link to it and we both like of <laughs> an excitement um also just a heads up to everyone if you hear barking one of my dogs was pouting very hardcore outside the room i'm recording and so i let him in so we'll see if he wants to be good for the next two minutes uh so the last one i'll talk about is rick by is it alex Gino or gino
1: i think it's gino
2: Gino. okay i think so too Uh, So they are the award-winning author of George, which is the story of a boy, and this is the story of a boy named Rick who needs to explore his own identity apart from his jerk of a best friend. So this is juvenile fiction. Uh, George is so fantastic, and I think this is something that's going to be a must read. So Rick's never questioned much. Uh, He's gone with his best friend, Jeff, even when Jeff's acted like a bully and a jerk. He's let his father joke with him about which hot girls he might want to date, even though that kind of talk always makes him uncomfortable. And he hasn't given his own identity much thought because everyone else, around him, everyone else around him seems to think they have it figured out. But now Rick's gotten to middle school and new doors are opening. One of them leads to the school's Rainbow Spectrum Club, where kids of many genders and identities congregate, including Melissa, the girl who sits in front of Rick in class and seems to have her life together. And Rick wants his own life to be like that, understood. So this is all about finding identity and I'm just so fantastically excited that there's a new book that is similar to George. So it's called Rick and I am so on board for it.
1: Yeah. If you haven't read any of Alex Gino's books, I highly recommend them. They are just a fantastic writer. And I I love mostly that they are tackling subjects for a a younger audience. that have to do with gender and identity but their books are i mean i we're adults like we are in our 30s and love all of alex's books yeah um so yeah
2: um, okay so those are a bunch of books we are excited about for this month um i will figure something out for next thursday for you Our we'll, are we have a monday episode that we talked about before already recorded as an author interview but we'll figure something out. This was a lot easier to set up for us than I thought it was going to be. So we'll figure something out for next week. Um, Anything else you think people should know about at the time?
1: Uh, Yes. Okay. Two things, which you mentioned at the beginning, one of them, one big library read um, is still is just started. So if you have not um, checked out the book from your library, the other thing is we have talked about this, um, over the past few weeks, but we are both raising money for the leukemia lymphoma society. Um, and because of everything happening in the world, um, I know our fundraising efforts have sort of, we had to cancel some events and I'm sure your team did as well. Yeah. So we have, um, a link if you would like to donate, uh, we would greatly appreciate it. Uh, that it would be awesome. So I'm sure we'll put that in the show notes. Um, if you want to donate to um, professional book nerds, it goes between both of our, our teams. Um, yeah. That's what I got.
2: Yeah. No, I, that thanks for bringing that up. I, you're absolutely right. Our, like our team is basically, it's like a standstill. We're trying to do yep. stuff. It's so hard. Um, so yeah, if you can spare even like a couple of dollars, it, it goes a long way, especially like with everything going on right now, like, people who have immunodeficiencies are even more at risk of yep. COVID-19 and, you know, people obviously with leukemia and lymphoma are right up there, so we would very much appreciate it, um, and actually being a big library, like you mentioned, not only did it kick off, but it's going to go on for three weeks, so. Um, yes, yes. which is really, really cool, and the book is wonderful, getting our, a bunch of great comments in the discussion board. Um, okay, well, That's it from us. I hope you guys are doing all right out there. And I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the professional book nerds podcast.
1: Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from Overdrive.com, and our library friends can purchase these titles in Marketplace. Professional Book Nerds is proud to be an Evergreen Podcast signature program. To learn about other Evergreen podcasts, visit evergreenpodcasts.com. Our podcast is produced, recorded, and edited by Adam Sokol and Jill Grunewald and presented by Rakuten Overdrive. For more information, visit professionalbooknerds.com.
0: Hi there. I'm Heather Drago. And I'm Sarah Saunders.